Hey there, this is Red Zone Redemption, a fantasy football podcast, part of the Roto Heat Network. Make sure you follow us on your preferred podcasting network. We should be on there. And this is your host, FF Shane B. Hope you guys enjoy the show. Thanks. Welcome to Red Zone Redemption. I'm your host for the night, Shane Barrett, and you can follow me on Twitter at FFShaneB. And with me tonight is my friend from the Personal League podcast hosted on Going for Two and another Going for Two extraordinaire, the one, the only, Jerry Wilkie. Jerry, how are you doing tonight? Hey, what's going on? Excited to talk about the AFC East tonight. I am too, man. I I don't even I think I've had Dolphins fans mostly on for this, so switching it up with you and having a Bills fan on this year and getting into our division breakdowns. This is my favorite series that I do every offseason, so no pressure, Jerry. <laughs> yeah, it's, I think it's going to be a three-horse race, and that one horse that's not going to be in it is the one that's been dominating the division for most of the 2000s, but I think they're going to be... They're going to be a little far behind. It's going to be between the Jets getting Aaron Rodgers and a healthy Tua and, and the Bills, who have been the favorites the past couple of years. Yeah, I completely agree. I wouldn't be shocked if the Patriots still ended up at close to around 500, but I don't see them doing any better than that. That's ceiling for me, for them. Yeah, I think I think their DraftKings line was like five and a half or six and a half wins, and I can see it going under. I, I might throw a little something at that. I, I can't put any trust in Mac. I know Bill's one of the top three coaches in the NFL, but they just don't really, they don't have it anymore. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right, so Jerry's already handed at it. We are doing an AFC East fantasy football preview, basically from a dynasty perspective. And I'm changing things up a little bit with how we do it. So we're going to do a quick let's say 12-player mock, where we're just picking from players from the AFC East. And then after that, based on our results and based on probably some ADP numbers too, we're going to talk about who are some buys, some sells, some holds, and some sleepers in the division. You ready? I'm ready. Cool. All right. I'm throwing you a quick curveball too. Did you have one fantasy tip prepared that could save people's season? They can save their season. Yeah. I mean, as far as like a, from a dynasty perspective, I mean, this goes for redraft too, but just don't give up on the season. No matter like how far behind you start off, one in five, two and four, whatever. And I mean, yeah, definitely make some moves, make some trades, hit the waiver wire, try to improve your team. But I wouldn't just throw it all in and make it an unfair advantage to your opponent every week around week seven, eight, nine, when you're not paying attention anymore. Because that's, you're also, that's the integrity of the league. Um, you don't want other people to just get easy wins because they know that they're playing somebody not set in their lineup. And you can make it into the playoffs at, at six and seven or, or however many weeks there until the playoffs start. So yeah, just don't give up. Continue to grind. Continue to set your roster. Most of the dynasty leagues that I'm in now, they don't really, the first overall pick and the Draft order isn't really reverse standing, so they kind of encourage you to keep on playing. It's more points, more max points for base. So, yeah, just don't be a quitter. Don't give up and and just keep on grinding and build for the next year if you have to, but just make sure you're keeping the league competitive. Yeah, no, I absolutely love that and am a staunch advocate for it as well. It was two years ago I started off a season – Started off a league, I think, one in six, 
and then roared back and made it into the playoffs and made it to the semifinals. And then that same year in Polly's playoff, I, I was foolish enough to donate my second round pick and someone made me pick Tim Tebow. And I had to revo- recover from that and I made it into the playoffs that year as well. So don't, and it was because I didn't give up. I kept actively making moves on the waiver wire and in the league that I could trade. So continue to do that. Yeah. Just, and if you think about it, like if you're thinking about giving up, but you don't give up, there's probably other people that are going to be thinking about giving up and you don't, and again, you don't want to have the competitive advantage, but it's, maybe you get those couple wins from those teams instead and then jump up there. But yeah, just don't give up. Continue to play. You paid, if you're in a paid league, you paid to play the whole year. Yeah, exactly. All right. So let's jump into this AFC East only mock draft. It is going to be Dynasty and 1QB. I didn't want to... It feels way too obvious if we're doing Superflex. Like, obviously, Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, and two are probably going to fly off the board. So... Kind of wanted yeah. to sparse them in a little bit more. So you're the guest. Kick us off. Who are you taking with the 101 of an AFC East draft? Well, the way I set up my board, I kind of went position by position and marked down a couple guys that I would like from each position. And I think as far as like quarterbacks and running backs go, those are the two most scarce positions in this division. And for it only being one quarterback, I'm going to take the best, get the points advantage. I'm taking Josh Allen. The other one on my list kind of comes with some question marks and you said dynasty so i'm really not looking into aaron Rodgers, and yeah. mac jones isn't a fantasy type quarterback so it's going to be between one of those two i'm going to take the advantage and then i got my i'm going to take my running back probably most likely next because i got two that i like there so i'm taking Allen first okay nice i like it even in one qb i'm intrigued why why in one qb are you going with that versus running back i think it's because there are two two are running backs. I think the two running backs that I like are more even with each other. I mean, one is yeah. a little bit above the other, but they're more even with each other than the quarterbacks are with each other. You get quarterbacks the most important position on the field. Like I know this is a fun mock. There's really no scoring, but most of the leagues that I play in are more six-point touchdowns, so I just went with that. Okay, that's fair. There's four players that I'm thinking of taking <laughs> here. I'm going to go on the side of a dynasty bias and go with the youth here, and I'm going to take Jalen Waddle. Okay. Are we snaking? No, it's back to you. Okay. So that kind of opens things up for me a little bit because I thought you were going to take one of the other guys. So here I'm between – I'm just going to – okay, yeah, dynasty. I'm, I'm going to take the more, more – I, I guess it's a safer pick because we know how Bill runs his running backs. Um, who that's what I thought I was going to get, but I'm, I'm going to go Brees Hall. Okay, yeah. I fit, I couldn't make myself do it. I've never been a giant, a huge Brees fan, so couldn't make myself pull the trigger on that one, to be completely honest with you, but that's a good pick. All right. I'm going to give you a gift, Jerry, I think, and I'm going to leave that other <laughs> running back on the board for you. All right, I'm going to eliminate the stack for you, even though this is totally fictional and doesn't matter, but I'm going to take Stefan Diggs here. All right, yeah, that's that's one of the ones I was hoping I would get. I thought he would actually go second to you, which is because my plan was to go the quarterback and then the running back, 
but I also plan on you taking Hall and me getting Allen and Stevenson. Yeah. So I'm kind of between two guys here again, Stevenson being one of them, obviously. Yeah. I guess I could take I that I away from you, list. and then <laughs> and then that leaves you with, uh, if I take Stevenson, that leaves you with, that leaves you with basically Cook, that leaves you with whoever's running back for Miami. <laughs> I guess you can call your shot on Dalvin Cook. I'm going to, you already got a pretty stacked wide receiver room. I might just leave you with Stevens. I'm going to take Garrett Wilson. Ooh, I forgot about Garrett. That was that's a good pick too. That is a really good pick. Is there and a certain setup that we're doing here? Are you one no, quarterback? No, probably. We're just going to go for a few more rounds, probably. Just want to kind of knock some players out, maybe get a little into the deeper players. But I am going to take the ramrod here and go Ramondre Stevenson. All right, so finally got him out of my way. Yep. I guess since you already took Waddle, I'm going to go with Tyreek Hill. He's got, I think he's got another three strong years in him for a dynasty. That's a good pick. You're still getting, for in trades with him, you're still getting top value for him. I know he said he wants to be done after this contract, but that's still, you still get, you get three years out of a top wide receiver, top 10 wide receiver. I'll take that. Yep. That is a good pick. I was wondering if you were going to let him fall to me or not. This is where I think it starts to get interesting, Jerry. I'm going to do something that I... Yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go James Cook here. And I'm not fond of it, but it's what feels right here. He was on the top of my flex list. I I, I couldn't take him yet. I was going to try to wait another round. But I think there's another positional advantage here with tight end. It's Choosing the right one, you got the hype of Dalton yeah. Kincaid, or you got the uh, the paid Dawson Knox. Outside of that, I mean, unfortunately, they're both on the same team. Yeah, there are really not a lot of other tight end options in this division. You got some There's hype not. there with the Jets. You got a couple guys over there in New England, but I think we're going to go with the young, the first round pick in the twenty twenty three draft, Dalton Kincaid, and I got a little okay. stack there. That's a good pick. All right, I'm going to take my quarterback here, and I'm going to go Tua just because it's Dynasty, and I love Tua. Yeah, that's, that's the other one I was looking at originally. If I would have went, if I would have faded running back off the bat, I probably would have ended up with him, too. You knew it was going to be one of those, two. Yeah. I am... I, I don't like this guy. <laughs> so I don't know if I'm going to take him. <laughs> But he's another, he's getting a lot of camp hype. He's getting a lot of hype in the fantasy community too. Unfortunately, with the Delvin Cook news, it kind of is scary. But I'm going to go A-Chain. His measurables really don't stack up. He's a little smaller guy. And unfortunately, if they get Cook, I think he drops down even more. I mean, I'd imagine they end up losing Wilson or Mostert. But yeah, I'll go Devin A-Chain. I like that from a dynasty perspective because even if they get Cooks, what, 27, maybe 28, if I remember correctly, yeah. there is a there is such thing, there is statistical truth, if you will, of the running back cliff, and, they, and running backs usually hit that on their age 28 season or shortly thereafter. So I like a chain from a dynasty perspective as a long game play. He's just got to survive getting hit in the NFL. Yeah. 
is my, my is my biggest concern. So, all right, I'm gonna go. There's two tight ends that I feel like are almost the same person. I'm gonna go Hunter Henry. Okay. I don't love it, but I like him a little bit more than Gesicki, just from a actual production standpoint. Gesicki kind of got phased out of the Miami offense, so I don't know if I trust him. Actually, I had another one on the list. I had Conklin listed here. I wasn't even yeah. thinking any of the Patriots ones. We go another round here. Yeah, let's do one more. All right, I'm gonna go with a guy that I think could be the number one in New England. I mean, any one of them really could be outside of I think Kendrick Bourne. I think his time is done, but I'm going with the one that they threw a little bit of money at this off season. Juju Smith Schuster showed a little bit with Mahomes last year. He's, I think he's good for Mac Jones. They're probably not going to throw the ball a ton, but I think that he can get the 900 yards and a handful of touchdowns. Yeah, I like that pick. That's pretty good. What position to go here? So my last pick... You know what? I'll go Siggy here. I don't love it, but it gives me options at tight end in our little fake league that we've got going here. <laughs> <laughs> yep. No two so, tight ends out there. Yeah. Perfect. All right. So that wraps up our quick little mock of the first round. So just as a recap, it went Josh Allen, Jalen Waddell, Brees Hall, Stephon Diggs, Garrett Wilson, Ramondre Stevenson, Tyreek Hill, James Cook, Dalton Kincaid, Tua Tungavailoa, Devin A. Chain, Hunter Henry, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Mike Gesicki. So now we'll move into our second round, which is who are we buying, who are we selling, who's a hold, and who are we calling a sleeper? And Jerry, I don't care if you use the draft results that we just got, or if you've got ADP or ECR that you're pulling from, doesn't matter to me, but just let me know or let us know when you're kind of talking about it. So I'll let you start it off first. Who do you think is the biggest buy in the AFC East right now? Biggest buy I have is Ramondre Stevenson. I, like I said, in our little draft, I absolutely love him. I think he's not the same as these other running backs that Bill has had before. Damian Harris is now gone off the team. It's going to be a team that does, Obviously, Tom Brady's been gone for a couple of years. They're not going to be dropping back for 650 passes anymore. They're just going to rely a lot on the run. They're going to rely a lot on the defense. And Ramondre, he can catch the ball out of the backfield. He's an excellent up-the-gut runner. He's a big body. I just I like him in that offense. But if I were to draft just one guy or take one guy from the Patriots offense, it's going to be Ramondre Stevenson. I really don't want any other parts of the offense except for Ramondre. It's kind of ironic, though, because I actually – did sell him this year, but I ended up getting one-on-one back in the deal, so I'm not going to turn that nice. down. But yeah, I'm looking all over for Romandres and, and taking them all in. Okay. What, I'm you've piqued my interest. What was the deal where you sold Romandre and got the one-on-one back? Do you remember? I gotta go look it up. It's, okay, I got... You're look, go ahead. No, yeah, go ahead, because I gotta click on that league. Okay, yeah. So while you're looking that up, I think from our draft... I almost want to say Garrett Wilson is a buy. Now, based on his actual ADP, he's not. But from our draft, he is. Um, I think there is potential for him to be 
top 10 wide receiver this year. And that's probably bold, but he's got Aaron Rodgers coming to town, and that's going to be humongous. Yeah, he should get at least two strong years out of Garrett Wilson, and then by then he'll be into year four, and hopefully, I think we even saw it last year with uh, Zach Wilson's and the Mike Whites that he can pretty much succeed with anybody. Yeah. So you get two strong years of an elite quarterback, and then whatever they decide to do next. Yeah. The other one for me is probably Juju, and then, well, no, I'll use him as a sleeper. It'd probably be Juju, because it based on ADP on Fantasy Pros, he's sitting at wide receiver 49. So I feel like that's a really nice spot to buy as someone who could, like you said, end up being the number one on that team from a passing standpoint. Yeah, I, I was thinking about him too. I had even Tyquan Thornton a little bit in there too. It's just it's hard to really trust any pass catchers in the Patriots offense. But Juju's still young. It's definitely a great pick and obviously like I took him in I took him in our little mock. I'll end up taking him in some late rounds in best balls on underdog. Yeah. So I absolutely love I like the talent. I just don't really like the team that he's on. <laughs> but they is made it a little hard to like that... him. <laughs> Not yeah, it's personal. It's also, it is fancy. It is fancy too. It, it, they're it's a tough team to predict. A tough team to really get any kind of stability out of outside of Ramondre. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you on all fronts. I hate the Patriots with a burning passion. <laughs> so I'm with you there. Recently, right. I haven't uh, hated them. We've started to look a little better. I got that trade for the one on one too. Okay, perfect. Hit me with it. All right. 12-team, single quarterback dynasty. It's my work league. We're going into year four, I believe, this year. Pretty strong. We've had the same owners for all four years. I was new with the company when we first started, so I really didn't know anybody, didn't know any other tendencies, decent drafts. But I ended up getting Chris Olave, Ken Walker, and 101. Traded away Ramondre, Pickens, and I've acquired four first-round picks throughout the last offseason. So I gave all of them up. I think it was 106, 108, Ooh. 109, and 111, I believe they were. Okay. But you got Olave, the 101, and, and who Walker. else? I'm sorry. And Ken Walker? Ken Walker. Yep. Man, I, I really like that trade. I made a similar trade in a 10-team Superflex where I traded, I think, 107, 110. 112 and three seconds for the 101. So then I had 101 through 104 and then ended up with 106 too. Yeah, at the time I made this trade, I had already done probably about four or five other rookie drafts. We still haven't drafted yet in this league. He's waiting until July, but I've already done four or five other rookie drafts from previous leagues. And I'm looking, and I really wasn't liking anything past like the 107 one way. I think one of them was a Superflex League, so a little bit of talent dropped. And then a lot of the other ones were single quarterbacks. So I'm looking, this is a single quarterback. And after 107, 108, and the single quarterbacks, I'm just, I'd be fine giving away my whole draft for the 101 at that point. And I still yeah. I still got a couple seconds, and I got one-third in that draft. So I'm still going to get a couple other rookies outside of Bijan. But I was glad to get rid of those four for just the one player. Yeah. Nice. All right, let's move over to sells now. Who are you selling out of the AFC East? All right, it's another one that I drafted, and I just I made a little bit of a good point on him. He's going to have a couple of good years. 
couple of elite years actually, but it's Tyreek Hill. Yeah. If you can if you can move him and, and get if you could get what he's worth, if you could get Tyreek Hill return, then I would try to look and move and throw him and throw him up on your trade block, see if anybody bites at it and but don't settle. I mean I always say this whenever I'm on any podcast, don't settle, just don't take the first trade that comes into you. Don't just don't take a 108 this year because you're getting a first round pick for him. That 108 is what Quentin Johnson would you take Quentin Johnson for Tyreek Hill straight up? Probably not. Absolutely but if you could get not. a nice little package, <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you but if you get a nice little package for Tyreek Hill, somebody else wants Tyreek Hill for three years, then he's a sell for me. Okay, yeah, I'm totally with that. There we go. That's better. I think for me, it's going to be the guy that I drafted kind of in that same vein or tier, and it's Stefan Diggs. Diggs is, what, 29, if I'm remembering correctly? Let me double-check that. I believe he is. Yeah, he's 29. Now, the difference with wide receivers versus running backs is that age cliff usually doesn't come till around 31. So you've probably still got, similar to Hill, two or three good years, and he's attached to Josh Allen. So mm-hmm. my thing is, like, last year... He had an unreal amount of targets. He had, I mean, he's had a hundred and at least 154, which was last year, in all three years with Buffalo, and about anywhere from eight to 11 touchdowns in that span too. As he gets older, though, and they added weapons all over the place, I still don't know if they have a true number two, and we'll, I'll throw that question to you in just a second, as the Bills fan, but. I just feel like at some point he's going to start wearing down a little bit and now feels like a really good time to sell him because looking at dynasty rankings, like on fantasy pros, they had him, I think at wide receiver 11, basically. So with the best being wide receiver six and the worst being wide receiver 15. So I really think now would be a perfect time to sell him and try and get, like you said, with Tyreek, that level of compensation maybe trading back to trying to get like a Chris Olave and a little bit more. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. It's the last time we really saw him because he did skip voluntary OTAs was at the end of the playoff game against the Bengals looking a little mad at Josh Allen on the sideline. There's videos and pictures all over, but mm-hmm. so it's people are going to think that there might not be a good relationship there. The relationship is still good. They're still going to, I mean, they're still going to go for over a hundred receptions this year and 1200 yards and eight touchdowns this year, but you could sell the name. You can sell the attached to Josh Allen. Uh, you're going to get a good package back for it. You're not selling them cheap. You're definitely going to get a nice package back for them. Yeah, I completely agree. Okay. So, Real quick pivot here. As a Bills fan, do you feel like they have a true number two weapon in the passing offense? I think they. I think that's what they want Kincaid to be. And we saw a little bit of Shakir last year, and we know Gabe Davis can do it. Like we we saw it in the playoff game against the Chiefs two years ago, and we saw he just. I don't know. I mean, it's like a poor man's. I hate to compare the two because they're really not, but he's like a poor man's T. Higgins. Like he's he's what you want. He's what you want from him. T. Higgins is what you want Gabe Davis to be. You want him to capitalize on his 
targets that he gets while Jamar Chase is doing everything else. And, and hopefully, hopefully last year was just a bad year. I think that they brought in a couple other guys, but none of these guys that they brought in, none of them are on a one-for-one level with replacing Gabe. None of them are on a one-for-one level with replacing Stephon Diggs. It's just more bodies that it doesn't feel like Josh has to throw just to Stephon Diggs and then take off with his legs because that's what I think a big problem was last year. Yeah. No, I agree, and that's kind of the conclusion I was coming to is maybe they don't have that one player that uh, is that number two, but it's almost like the money ball approach where mm-hmm. the sum of the parts gets you the production of a number two in a couple different ways. So, like, I, I think everyone is wanting Dalton Kincaid to be this big slot receiver, basically, which I think is what he can be. But for me, and this is probably a little bit of bias from college football, but, like, Michael Myers still my tight end one. I like the landing spots pretty decently. I liked his talent more than Kincaid specifically. And Kincaid, kind of like we talked about, there's a lot of mouths to feed now in Buffalo. Because if you think after, like, Diggs, like you said, is going to get 100 catches, 150 targets. Gabe Davis is that number two receiver right now. You've got Khalil Shakir. You've got James Cook out of the backfield. Kincaid and Knox, like... There's a lot of mouths to feed to go around and not enough balls necessarily to go around to really get him there, at least in his rookie year. I don't know about from a dynasty perspective, but I have my concerns, but that's also just being a Meyer fan, I guess. No, I agree. And I definitely hope that we can get somebody else to step up. I don't want to see... I mean, I like the, I want to see 35 touchdowns out of Josh. I don't want to see 15 interceptions, even though that's not the worst thing. But it's really the fumbles and fumbles lost from Josh Allen and, and just feeling like he, he had to be a superhero because there really wasn't anybody yeah. else stepping up. Yeah. 100%. His turnovers, that's the, I think that's his biggest red flag for me, probably for everyone, but I don't know. There's, Again, something I probably hold against him too much is his ascent has been impressive. That's the one area in the ascent, though, that I wish he's kind of still fine-tuned. But he's still young. He's got time. So, On a passing level, and like he's been coming up a lot in different group chats that I'm in. Some people are just hating on him. Some people are just like pointing out different memes that have been made of him. But on a one-for-one passing level compared to like Mahomes, compared to Burrow, the actual passing numbers weren't that bad. Like he, the number, yeah. the yards were there, the touchdowns were there, and he yeah. only had two more interceptions in the Holmes and Burrow. It's really the putting the ball on the ground with the fumble that kind of separates him from everybody else. And he wasn't even the league leader in interceptions either. So it's like you can't even say that Dak was. Do you say Dak was? Yeah, I think he had. I think I had. Allen's numbers wrong. I think Dak had 15 interceptions and Allen had 14 tied with Kirk and Carr, I believe it was. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, Dak had a rough year too. That, that hurt. Okay, let's move on to holds. I'll go first on this one. My hold is Brees Hall. It's obviously like he's the best running back in the division. So you're like, well, duh, Shane, he's a hold. But my reason for holding is more specific to the injury. So with him tearing his ACL, it takes he can get back on the field in nine months. But Stefania Bell tweeted it probably three or four weeks ago. It takes a full year to get back up to peak performance. 
And so I don't want to like, I'd pro- I don't have a ton of Brees Hall shares. I don't know if I have any left, honestly. But if I did, I'd be holding him right now because I think what's going to happen is he's going to get back on the field in that nine-month time period, and he's not going to look as good as he did when he started to break out. And that will honestly open even a little bit of a buy window for him. So if you've already got him, you need to hold on to him and wait until that year mark of him actually tearing it comes into play. And then if you want to sell him, that would be the time to do it because then he's going to start producing at that level that people expect from him. But for right now, I'm holding him just because of the injury. Yeah, no, I, if I had him, if I had him, I had to do really bad the year before to get him, and I was probably slightly building around him, so I would hold him too. He's going to come back strong. If it's not in 2023, it's definitely going to be in 2024. Ideally, yeah. they still have Rodgers. They got another year of Garrett Wilson being an elite wide receiver. I think that the Jets offense is going to click for the next two to three years, and, and you want part of it with Brees Hall. Yeah, Mine 100%. is a guy that wasn't drafted in our little draft. It's actually Dawson Knox. I He just signed an extension, I believe it was last offseason. He signed through 2026. All the talks about Kincaid, he could play pretty much out of the slot. He was one of the best hands in the draft, and there's going to be, I think there's going to be more two tight end sets. We're going to see, and at least for like the first half of the year, or maybe even all year, we're going to see more Dawson Knox too, because it does take a little bit of time for rookie tight ends to get acclimated. But he's still a good, still a good receiver. He's a good block. So as long as he can block, he's going to be on the field. He's got the two or three years that he's been there with Josh Allen. So Josh Allen likes him. They hang out. They've been going to, I think they went to the, the lacrosse game the other day, yeah. not too long ago. So they're still friends. They everybody's scared off from Dawson Knox because of Dalton Kincaid. But I think it's I think especially because we were talking about we don't know who that second guy is. So he, so both of them yeah. could be on the field at the same time. There's really no problem with that. We could see a little Aaron Hernandez and Doug Gronkowski action going on. Yeah, just hopefully one of them's not a murderer, you know. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, I like the Knox call a lot because the thing that we like, I think. Knox's value from a fantasy perspective still holds because his most valuable season, I don't think it was last year, I think it was two years ago when he had all those touchdowns. I still think he can, that's the thing with tight end too, is like you could have a year like that where you have, let's say 10 touchdowns, but you only have 600 yards. You're still a tight end one pretty easily too. So if he still hits that, those metrics that he did when it comes to the touchdowns, and I think he's fine, and I absolutely love this call. So great, great job. Thanks. All right, sleepers. Everyone's favorite fantasy football app is Sleeper. If you say otherwise, you're wrong. I'm going to go first here because I don't want you to snipe me. And it might surprise you because we've talked poorly about this team. But I'm going to go Kayshawn Boutte for the Patriots. Prior to his weird 2022 he was in conversation for wide receiver one in the class and hurt his ankle i think his ankles messed up his testing at the combine i also kind of question sometimes his like want to play football but look i'm a notre dame fan and i know how much of a jackrabbit brian kelly can be and I wouldn't want to play for him either, so I understand kind of the wishy-washiness of Boutte in the beginning of the offseason, 
And then the other stuff that's happened off the field, like it's just been rumors. Nothing's been proven. And like we talked about with Juju and with Tyquan Thornton even, or heck, even Hunter Henry, like there's an opening, a very clear opening. And we haven't even talked about Jacoby Myers. He's still there too. But I still feel like there's a very clear opening for a wide receiver one to emerge. And if I'm just going off of talent and hoping that Boutte gets back to the level that he was playing at in college, why not take a swing at him? Especially because you can get him in the third, fourth round of rookie drafts, depending on what type of draft it is. So I'm going Kayshawn Boutte as my sleeper for this division. What are your thoughts on that before you give us our ears? Yeah, he's absolutely free um, in rookie drafts, fourth, fifth round. He's a guy where I really haven't seen him being selected unless like he's at the top of the wide receiver list because all the other wide receivers are gone. It's, oh, I'll take a chance on this guy or I'll auto-draft this guy because I forgot to set my cue. Yeah. But yeah, I love him. I think that there he was my wide receiver one before this year as well, so I was kind of in the group with everybody else. I think there's two coaches in the entire National Football League that if you are having off-season, or not off-season, but like off-field problems, these two guys can turn you around, and one of them is Bill Belichick. The other one's being Andy yeah. Reid. So yep. he went to a great situation. He does have a chance to be the one there, maybe not this year, but over time. Myers ended up going to Vegas, too, by the way. He's not there anymore. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I forgot about that. So it is wide open. They got Kendrick Bourne, who had just that one fluke here. They got Juju Smith-Schuster, who potentially could be the one. They got Tyquan Thornton, who they have a little bit of higher draft capital in. And they got Butte, who's a rookie this year. So they're, I mean, there's going to be, and I keep on like, whenever I talk about a team with low volume for passing, it always comes back to the same argument, though. Like, it is a passing league. So even if your quarterback's throwing the ball, we'll low ball it at 20 times, 22 times a game. That's still 22 targets that are distributed. So 8 to 10 here or 5 to 6 here, Butte could be in that 5 to 6, 7 to 8 range once he gets settled in on the field. Those targets got to go somewhere. So if you're throwing 450 passes where Herbert's throwing 650 passes, he has 200 less passes, there's still passes to go around. I mean, people got to catch the ball still. Yeah. Well, and just for perspective, I'm going to try and do some math quickly. Justin Fields last year, we know how little he passed. And if my math is correct, he still passed almost 26, 27 times a game. Um, No, I did that math wrong. Hold on. I think he was closer to 21. Yeah. I I I think I looked at him not too long ago. But I think like 20, 20, 21 is the minimum. Yeah. What you don't, I mean, obviously you want more, but you're at the minimum, you're getting 2021 unless you're throwing out there Christian McCaffrey because all your other quarterbacks are hurt in the playoff game. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Who is your sleeper for the AFC East? Can you hang on one second? My son just called me. Yeah, sure. Yeah, Bubba. He's turning on. Good night, bud. Mm-hmm. Yep, we're going to go to the college tomorrow, okay? Uh, no, not mommy, just me, you and she. Good night. I got three girls, so I understand. <laughs>
we're doing some construction, so we actually the wall behind me is a temporary wall, and that's where he's uh, that's where his room has been for the past year and a half or so. And trying to be a little quiet, he, we give him tablet time at night, and he decided that he doesn't want any more. He wants to go to bed. Okay, cool. All right. All right. I'm just gonna re-ask the question so I can cut this the intermediate out. All right. So who is your sleeper for this division? All right, so my sleeper a little bit contradicts my hold, and it kind of contradicts what it, it actually really doesn't contradict my hold. It more contradicts a guy that I did take in the draft, though. It's Khalil Shakir. It contradicts Don Kincaid because they're pretty much, I think they're pretty much going to play almost the same position. Yeah, Kincaid listed as a tight end. Shakir is more of a slot wide receiver. They can probably both coexist at the same time, even in and when they have everybody out there with Diggs, Davis out there on the outside, Shakir in the middle, and then the two tight ends with either Cook or Harris out of the backfield. I think Shakir has an opportunity to really ramp up his targets. I'm not going to compare him exactly to Cole Beasley, but over the three years that Cole Beasley was here, he averaged over 105 targets a game, even, even a little bit more than that, 106, 107, and 112 in those three years. And then we even saw it last year towards the end of the year, because they really didn't have a lot of trust in McKenzie. Gabe Davis really wasn't stepping up at all. They actually brought Kobe Z back again mm-hmm. for a couple of games. So they're looking for that guy that, not necessarily a safety blanket, but that guy that could go over the middle and just move the chains. And I think that's what they see in Shakir. And I think that we could see him maybe get up to 85, 90 targets. Yeah, I said it, targets. Get in the end zone a couple of times and hopefully be the next Kobe Z and be somebody else that could take the pressure off Diggs. Nice. I like that. And kids athletic enough, I think, to continue to produce too. So I just, I feel like I remember one like preseason game last year where he just, he kind of balled out and I was like, okay, this kid's got something. I'm in a, I'm in a all Bills group chat and these guys are like, they're not just your generic Bills fans that just watch on Sundays. They're guys that are involved in the college too. And yeah. they just like, they're first to know all the news and stuff. And like, they've, they've been asking all year, like, when is Shakir getting on the field? Or we need to activate Shakir. We need to see more targets on Shakir. I mean, they uh-huh. all like him too. I've, I've been kind of lobbying for him to get some more playing time. Hopefully he sees a, a good percentage this year. Nice. All right. Well, that wraps up our fantasy football chat. You want to jump into an analyst analysis? Yes, I would love to. Prepared for that. I. All right. Cool. Think I answered all the questions. Yep. Okay. Perfect. All right. So, when did you start playing fantasy football? This was the hardest question, actually, because I don't exactly know when, but I do remember times (laughs) where I had guys like Dante Culpepper. Andre Johnson, LaDainian Tomlinson, okay. Corey Dillons, all those guys. So I'm going to say early 2000s, 2003, 2004. I just remember like always being on like NFL.com, Yahoo, and just putting together some strong teams. But I don't remember exactly when, but it's been a while. Okay, nice. All right, and then what made you start to produce content for fantasy football? I just, I've always just really been into just helping people, answering questions. More of my stuff that I do is on Facebook. I know a lot of you guys are with the Twitter game. I do a lot of Facebook stuff. So I'm in a whole bunch of different groups, dynasty groups, IDP groups, just regular standard beginner fantasy groups. And every time I'm scrolling across or sitting down just scrolling through Facebook and seeing a question, I try to answer it. Like somebody's throwing a trade question out there or starts a question on a Sunday morning. And so I've just always done that. And 
I think it got to the point to where it kept on answering in the same group, and an admin came up and said, hey, do you want to write for us, or do you want to answer questions for us on Sunday? And I ended up doing that, and then I branched out and had my own group for a little while, and then I didn't want to do that anymore, so I reached out to Jeff, and that's where I've been since. The rest is history, just being part of going for two with Jeff. Nice. We love Jeff here at Red Zone Redemption. He is a, a staple of our show, if you will. All right. I like this question a lot. I hope you're prepared. What's your favorite type of league to play in? Favorite type is Dynasty. It's definitely grown on me for the longest time. It was redraft. And then just, especially when your Dynasty leagues stay together with most of the same, all the same, same teams. And you got, there's really not a lot of turnover. You're not fine. You're not, you don't have orphans every year. The off-season trading is fun. The minimal, not minimal, but like the, the, not having to do as much in season and just being able to watch the games. That's fun. Just set your lineup on Sundays and then just cruise because there's really nothing on the waiver wire because they're all on everybody's rosters. But dynasty, my, my ideal dynasty league is it can be single, but super flex, two running backs, three wide receivers, and then three flex. And then it's got to have some IDP. Like I, I've grown a lot in the IDP. I, I run the IDP show for going for two and it's nice. Dynasty is the way to go. Awesome. I don't think I knew that you were an IDP guy, but I like it. I have, I enjoy my IDP leagues a little bit more, I think, than the non-IDP leagues, just because it kind of it gives you that it gives you the full experience of football within fantasy football, having to pick both sides of the ball and defensive units. I don't know. That's just annoying and lazy. It feels like at this point since I've gotten so far into IDP. <laughs> Yeah, I tried so, to get rid of defenses, kickers. I just want uh, try to replace them with IDP. Nice. Or more flexes. Yeah. All right. So then you're going to be more prepared than most people for this next question, I think. But quickly, favorite NFL team? The Jets. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Bills. Oh, my God. <laughs> I have that on an audio. You know that now, right? I got this thing right <laughs> behind me here. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you that can't see, it is a Bills banner that is behind Jerry. <laughs> all right, so now, favorite offensive player, and I need right now, and I need all time. All right, a little bit of a theme. I've really been into just the big mouth wide receivers that could just back it up. So all time is going to be up there. Stevie, or not Stevie, well, he's on it too, but Chad Johnson is probably my all-time favorite receiver, all-time favorite offensive player. We got a jersey of his, always loved watching him play. I was watching the videos of just him just goofing and all the all the sellies that he's did. Done. Stevie Johnson, when he was in Buffalo, he was one of my favorite players, too. He really wasn't like that outspoken as Chad Johnson was, but he had a little bit, too. He had the he had a little beef that he had. I forgot what team it was, but or I think it was the Raw Rivas. And he had the Why So Serious shirt underneath his jersey when he scored the touchdown. That was pretty fun. Um, and then currently right now, which really doesn't fit my narrative because he's probably quite the quietest out of all of them, DJ Moore, he's my favorite wide receiver right now, nice. favorite player right now. I just, I got an autographed mini helmet of him. I've loved him. He came out of college. I, I don't even know why. Like, I just enjoy watching him play. The Panthers' colors are really cool. So I know he's not there anymore. I was kind of sad when he left there to go to Chicago. I guess I gotta like Chicago now. But like DJ Moore is just, I just, I, just, I don't know. I mean, he's just, a, he's a good player. He's really underrated, and hopefully he gets some, hopefully he gets some more recognition because he's just super underrated. Yeah, I love DJ Moore. My the guy that got me into fantasy football Twitter, Dom FFL, 
has been a big DJ Moore fan since we've been playing fantasy football together in college, and so I I really like DJ Moore too. So, and then Chad Johnson and Stevie Johnson, nice. All right, part I guess three of this question: favorite defensive player, and again, all time and right now. Well, might as well be a Carolina Panthers fan because right now I got a couple. One of them is Jeremy Chen, Derwin James, Mika Fitzpatrick. Another like theme here, I like those. I just like safeties that kind of just play like linebackers, just they're all over the field, racking mm-hmm. up tackles. They can, they got a lot of speed. Um, those are those are, those are my go-to guys. I'm actually a little upset because I'm in an IDP only dynasty league, and we were in the in the startup draft, and I'm looking at Derwin James or not Derwin James. I'm actually looking at Jeremy Chen. On the way back, I think it was in the second round, he got sniped two picks right before me. And I was oh, throwing stuff all over the place. But yeah, those are, well, I guess they're all current. Really wasn't prepared for all time, I guess. <laughs> one one jersey that I have is actually Nate Clements. So I'll go with him. I liked him when he when he was here. Him, The duo of him and Antoine Winfield. Everybody like associates Antoine Winfield with the Vikings, but I remember he started his career here. Him and Nate Clements were a really nice duo. Nice. Very nice. All right. Favorite sport that is not football? Hockey. I've been enjoying the playoffs going on right now, Stanley Cup Finals going on right now, which seems a little one-sided. But it's – I personally, I like watching it more. I'm more invested in the football I'm with all the fantasy and obviously going to a game. There, the atmosphere is pretty fun. But going to a hockey game, watching hockey on TV – playing it i played i never played really when i was younger but i played in bar leagues in my 20s and early 30s but it's it, i think it's probably the second best sport to me it just doesn't get a lot of recognition it's whenever people are talking about sports they're always talking about football baseball basketball hockey always gets pushed off to the side but if you give it a chance i mean i think it's a sport that you can fall in love with i feel like it's grown a lot in the last two three four years too at yes, least the yeah. fandom of it ESPN is starting to show it more. I mean, if they got a contract with them, um, so at least like they're able to start seeing some games because they were like for the longest time they're really hard to see. I remember them being back on like local channels back in the day, just watching. <laughs> but for the longest time, it was like you either had to have maybe in, in a city that has a team. I get there those local games. Um, we're also we get a lot of New York City-based games too. So at least we get those. But unless you're like in a city that has a team, it's really hard to get into it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm originally from Alabama, and not I like hockey, but I don't follow it super closely. So, but the, the, we don't have any professional sports teams; it's all college. So, yeah. All right, final question for you: What is one thing that you want people to know about you outside of fantasy football? Right, I lied. This question was the hardest question. Um, <laughs> one thing know about me just i mean i'm just really chill down to earth just a boring guy i mean you already know that i got kids i just took care of one of them yeah i mean there's really not much to it go to work do my 40 hours come home hang out with the kids and just play and write for fantasy football that's basically it married (laughs) i don't know what else to say that yeah that question was really tough for me Uh, five years going on six nice me too it's fun i mean really wouldn't change it for anything awesome all right man well thanks for coming on that wraps up the show before we close it out where can people find you and if there's anything in particular you want to plug have at it 
All right, so I am on Twitter. I'm not really as active on Twitter as, as a lot of other people, but I do have a Twitter. It's actually, I don't know if you're watching, you can see my name displayed. It's Jerry Wilkie FM. So my name, J-E-R-R-Y-W-I-L-K-E-F-M. Um, you can catch the IDP podcast on the Going for Two Network that I run, IDP Cover Zero. And if you really do want to reach out to me and actually and get a hold of me, you're more likely to reach me on Facebook, which is just my name, Jerry Wilkie. Hit me in the DMs friend request me and uh, you could head up and ask questions whatever perfect thanks man and thank you for listening this has been red zone redemption you can follow us on twitter at frz redemption follow me on twitter at ff shane b don't forget to sign up for Polly's playoff at pollysplayoff.com and this is the red zone redemption where we help you make the moves to redeem your fantasy season